Hi guys. Hi everybody. How's it going? Welcome to episode seven of Marathon, the podcast where we sit down and have a little chat about every single movie, TV movie, television show, and larger piece of work that the inimitable Mary Louise Streep has been in. And this week we are here to talk about Marvin's Room, right, Oscar? Yep. Oscar, how have you been? All right, how about you? I've been good. We just got back from a family vacation, right? Mm -hmm. Up north. So you'll have to pardon us because it's been about a week since we've seen this film. And the week has been spent doing very little Mm Meryl-focused activity, which our normal lives do. We have a lot of activity focused on Meryl. So we've been a little off our game recently, but Mm -hmm. we're back and better than ever. And, um to talk about i would say the most stunning cast we've had in any movie so far that we've seen for this podcast maybe until the woods would beat it honey james corden honey well, emily blunden emily blunt and emily blunt anna kendrick this clown said emily blunt when this movie features robert de niro diane keaton <laughs> and leonardo dicaprio but he said but Emily Blunt was really good in that movie with Tom Cruise where they kept coming back to fight people. What? That movie, she was in a movie with Tom Cruise. And they kept having to come back to life to fight aliens. Oh, that one. That one. It is not. Well, we're not talking about that one. We're talking we're about Marvin's talking about that Room. One, but I'm saying the Marvin's Room cast is stunning. Yes. And it doesn't need Emily Blunt to be stunning. Right. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. So yes, as we've discussed, the main reason that we wanted to watch this movie is because of that cast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, truly, that is like a murderer's row of like white, Oscar-winning actors. And um, I play a cinephile game with some of my friends, and we always use this as like a connection when we do Six Degrees because it's like, wow, you can get from Meryl to Leo and Rob to Leo, and you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's. It's such a, like, calling card for all these people. So that's what I knew it from exclusively. Had no idea what it was about. Except that, as we advertised on our last episode of the podcast, we were kind of clowns. And we did think that Robert De Niro was playing Diane and Meryl's father. When there's no like conceivable the same way. Age. Yeah, there's no conceivable way that would work out, like, age-wise. So sorry, guys, if you were listening to that. Sorry to the seven people who listened to that episode and said, huh, at the end of it. Um, Just for the record, he does not play their father, the titular Marvin. That's someone else not really. Like a really Marvin. old guy? Yeah, super old. You know who else is in this movie, Oscar? Who? Gwen Verdon. Mm. Do you remember her? She's the aunt who, like, really loves soap operas. And mm-hmm. Gwen Verdon was, like, a very famous actress for Bob Fosse, who did, famously, the choreography for, like, Chicago mm-hmm. and, like, Cabaret and all that stuff. And there was that TV show called Fosse Verdon mm-hmm. on, like, FX or something, where Sam Rockwell played Bob Fosse and Michelle Williams played Gwen Verdon, this woman. She won, like, an oh. Emmy for it. So. Oh. And I've, like, only seen trailers, but their vocal affectation is Gwen, very similar. Is she still alive? Gwen, I don't believe she died. Oh. Two, oh. 2000. How long after? Oh, well, 
only four years after wow, the movie she was, was made. Wow. Poor Gwen. Or came out, I guess. But she does have four Tonys. And that's period. That's period. So, let's get into it, Oscar. What did you think? What was your impression of this movie? It was her third to last movie. Wow. Um, Employed queen. But the movie as a whole. Um, yeah. It was... It was good. The acting was really good, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. But the plot was a little boring. It was a little boring. Little well, boring. we should clarify this is um, based off of a... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Based on a play. Based on a play. Um, and it is like the... The screenplay is written by the same guy, Scott McPherson, who wrote the... Oh, sorry. The script is based... Is not actually written by him. It's written by John Guar, based on the play by Scott McPherson, who actually died in 1992. He was hired to complete the screenplay, but um, he died. So, um, yeah. So I think it is a lot like a play in that, like, not a ton happens, and it's in a very short period of time, and it's much more about like the family dynamics between these people, right? But um, I think as a whole, like, it's definitely, it's just not the movie that I would expect, like, Leo, Diane, Rob, and Meryl to all be in, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's very understated. It's almost mm-hmm. like an indie drama, yeah. where I feel like if this was made now, it'd be, like, a bunch of randos in it, right? Like, oh, you yeah. couldn't get big stars for this movie now, oh, I no. feel like. Which I think probably points to, like, how our, like, movie system has changed. You know, how, like, bigger studio movies, um, like, take up more, and there's less, for, like, these, like, middle... Like, dramas, you know what I mean? It's, like, indies or it's, like, Marvel movies. There's no in-between. Yeah. So. But, and it was but, kind of a box office flop. Is that true? Oscar? Yeah. The budget it. was $23 million, Okay. And it only made $12.8 million. Oh. Look, honey, can I ask? What did this run? $23 million? <laughs> Yeah, what? Literally just to pay for all the actors. I think $22 million of that was on Diane's wig. And trust me, it was not worth it. No, it was probably, like, $6 million Meryl Streep. Five million Diane Keaton. Probably another five for Rob. Yeah. And, like, three for Leo. Because yeah. he's, like, up and coming yeah, at this so point. Yeah, so Leo, this is actually a very cool moment for Leo. This is the year before Titanic comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And it is the same year as Romeo plus Juliet. And I think What's Eating Gilbert Grape was, like, two or three years beforehand. So this is, like, very much, like, a Star is Born moment, I feel like, for him. To be, like, dubbed... I mean, he's on the poster. He's the only boy on the poster. You would think he was Marvin with um, Meryl and Diane. And he's very much a s- center of the film. Yeah. Like, I would say Ma- Meryl and Diane are leads. I would say Meryl's probably lead, I guess. And Diane, you know, second lead. But Leo's definitely the male lead in this in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, so, I think that... I don't know, it's just crazy that they like caught him so early on in his career. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this was like literally three years after his... Yeah film debut so kind of crazy and then yeah one year later and he becomes like the biggest star of all time (laughs) um so yeah i i felt the same way as you oscar i was like interested in the plot but not interested to the point where i felt like it needed like i don't know that much time spent on it it's it's a very short movie it's only a little over an hour and a half so Mm -hmm. i got i thought that benefited from it it was um produced by robert de niro and as we'll discuss later, 
uh, Carly Simon wrote an original song for it called Two Little Sisters, in which Meryl Streep, yes, does have background vocals, Pariat, and Robert De Niro in the clip that we watched on YouTube is seen in the recording studio, making sure the ladies are doing that work. So you can assume that Robert was uh, really involved in the background. And what also I thought was kind of cool um, is that Scott Rudin produced this, and he has, like, had a very interesting career. I've heard he's, like, an actually, like, like awful person, but he has done, like, so many... So he did, like, The Social Network and, like, Lady Bird, but then also, like, The First Wives Club and then this movie and, like, Wes Anderson movies. And then he does, like, The Book of Mormon on Broadway. So I just feel like he has, like, such a range, right? And, like, yeah. so many of these movies are, like, some of my favorite movies. So I'm, like, very interested that he has had, like, this really interesting career, I feel like. Um, but anyways, just a little tidbit for that. So, Oscar, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who Meryl and Diane respectively play? So, um, Diane and Meryl are sisters. Mm-hmm. And um, they're estranged. Mm-hmm. And they've severed ties. Mm-hmm. So, they've been apart for 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20 years. And Meryl, so, um, their father had a, um, like a stroke, right? Yeah. Like a long time ago, like, like 20 years ago. 20 years ago, right. Yeah. And then Meryl was like, no, I'm not going to take care of him. She was like, I want my own life, right? right? And like, right. she like had a boyfriend right. or a husband at the time and she was just like, I have to make my own way, you know? Right. So, um... So then... Diane ended up having to take care of him. Exactly. Yeah. So poor Diane. So poor Diane. But also, like, she doesn't seem like... She's not depressed about it or anything. No, like, she's she really like, seems she, to enjoy right. her life. She's... So she yeah. lives in Florida, right? Um, it's Florida? Diane, yeah. I thought it was California. Well, you're wrong. So Shoot. guys, this really um, points out how much attention Oscar pays and how much passion he devotes to this podcast. Because he did think that Diane Keaton lived on a, the opposite side of the country. When they, like, very prominently focus on, like, the Florida orange, like, store that you see on the side of the road. I remember that shot. But anyways, this clown. So, Diane plays Bessie Wakefield, and she lives in Florida. And Meryl Streep's Lee Wakefield, and then Lacker, but she's she's divorced right. from her husband. Um but Lee, her sister, lives in Ohio, right? Right, and, and she has two sons. She has two sons. Meryl has two sons, Leo and another guy. And another guy who's not as big, not but as Leo, big. Um, her son, Hank, Hank, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. So yeah, Meryl just graduated cosmetology school. Pettiot, she did. So um, And she's and kind of rebuilding her life, she's right? She's like, I'm starting my life up again. And yeah. Leo always makes fun of her for going to cosmetology school, yeah. which is super And I rude. wanted to slap him right across the face for that because I said, you know what? Meryl looks... First of all, she looks great in this movie. Can we talk about that? Yes. I think this is like around the era of... Well, this is actually like a few years after Postcards from mm, the Edge. Like almost, four years? Uh, I thought it was like almost ten. I thought Postcards from the Edge was late 80s. It was 89, so yeah, seven years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, she looks great in this movie. She looks very cash, as we'll discuss in the costumes. She's never, like, super well-dressed, but her hair's always just, like, kind of stunning, and I don't know, she's just, like, she, so She wears lots of chains in this. Chains? Not chains. 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 Not j. Chains. 
Yes, chains. chains. Really, Oscar? I hadn't noticed that. I said, I she pointed that out. She's like, look, she has a chain on. Well, she doesn't wear multiple chains, though. No, she wears, like, she, in different scenes, she, she wears a, a chain. chain. Okay. She doesn't so wear, like, more really, than one chain at once. She's really hard in this movie. Hard. She's a rapper, actually. She right. wears a thick the, chain. Honestly, if there was a rapper, Meryl, this would be the one. Now that I, do, uh, that, me... that I don't agree with. Remember Ricky in The Flash? She literally plays, like, a musician, and she has, like, goth hair and, like, wears all black. I, I know, think that's but this one, she's kind of grunge. No, she's <laughs> She's not. She, she has a cosmetology degree. She, but she's kind of grunge. The 90s. She, I wouldn't call her grunge. Oh, I would good. call her a woman trying to, you know, rebuild her life after her yeah. son. And this, we can talk about, sets her house on fire. Right. So, Leo's just, he's not very you bright. You little rat, we call him. Yeah. He, um, so, brat. why did he set the house on fire? Well, because he was, like, looking at pictures of his dad, or the one picture right. of his dad, because he's, like, obsessed with his dad being a famous race car driver, which is never really fleshed out in the film, no. I'll be honest. He, like, mentions multiple times, like, my dad's a famous race car driver. So he's, like, obsessed with his dad, and he hates his mom, right? Mm-hmm. And he finds, like, a bunch of photos of his mom, and he, like, sets the house on fire because he's also, like, mentally ill, right? Exactly. And he has a little brother that he's like, come on, let's go, and then they leave. But that's what gets him into a mental institution, Right. right. And he's had issues before, like, he had to go to a therapist mm-hmm. and stuff before. Um, but the, yes, and the therapist was played by who, none other than Margot Martindale, who Meryl reunites with later for August Osage County, Pettyat. But um, she has one scene with Margot Martindale where she's, like, the therapist at the beginning, and she's like, now, why don't you ever come and visit Leo? And she's like, I visit him. She's smoking. And she's like, can I do this in here? I can do this in here, right? And Margaret Martindale's doctor's like, no, you can't do that. She's like, she's like, but no, like, no one will notice, right? Like, I'll just, I'll blow it over here. Like, she's just, I think that's, like, one of the first scenes where you see her character, right? Mm-hmm. And she just does such a good job of, like, you, like, instantly know who this character is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's a little tough. She's a little rough around the edges, right? She's smoking. A in, she's smoking in a mental hospital. But, like, she also, like, cares about her son. And then right. and one of the most iconic scenes in the movie, she goes to visit Leo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, like, strapped to the bed, right? Like, mm-hmm. he like he cannot get out. And he's sleeping. And she just says, she's, like, like eating M&Ms, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Margot Martindale, do you want some? And she's like, no. And then she's like, well, I'll just leave them here for him so he knows that I visited. And she just, like, sets five M&Ms on his chest and walks away. <laughs> funny but yeah so that's pretty funny um but so basically the impetus for this whole film of this reuniting of sorts is what oscar what happens so diane has not been doing well right she thinks she has a vitamin deficiency and robert de niro so she goes to robert de niro who is not her normal doctor and not a very good doctor this clown so funky ties and you think that's all it takes to be a doctor yeah so um he could be kind of a comedic relief I guess you call him the comedic relief. Yeah. Or maybe his brother, who he hires to work right. as the receptionist at right. the hospital, who mm-hmm. isn't the best he receptionist the best either. So, yeah. So, he has all these needles, right? Yeah. Classic Rob, right? Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> so... Maybe I'll come back a different time. Do we need to do that um, now? Um, you know, um, oh, 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 geez. Um, <laughs> like yeah, sometimes we get into Rachel from Friends. Um... Oh, but... Without dying in prison. 
But, but that was our Diane impression. But that was our Diane impression. Um, more like later when she's in book club and stuff. But he, he, it shows through a little, a little bit now. Bit. Yeah. And Pong. Which is also another reason. We will need to spend a decent amount of time talking about Diane. Because we have been watching a lot of Diane content recently. And I know she's a little controversial because she recently came out supporting Ellen DeGeneres. But here's our opinion on this. She's very old and she's very rich. <laughs> she right. doesn't she's, have a, she right. doesn't have a touch with reality. <laughs> she, she, like, she's like... Never. She doesn't know how people's lives are. No. And she hasn't for years. And you know what? She's, she's trying her best. Yeah. Um, so... So, Diane, so Diane is going to the doctor to get checked out and in multiple ways. Just kidding. <laughs> they don't have romantic. But we thought they were going to. I, th- I was like, I think I thought they were gonna, yeah. But they there didn't. There was some tension there. I felt the tension. A little flirtatious energy. I felt the flirtatious energy. She said, "Oh, jeez, that needle's pretty big." And Rob said, "Oh, you'll be fine." Anyways, so, um, it uh, turns out she doesn't have a vitamin <laughs> deficiency. She has Oscar. Leukemia. Yeah, leukemia. Oh. Poor Diane. Yeah, poor Diane. It's Which really is kind of sad, because in real life, Diane Keaton had skin cancer. Yeah. Guys, did you know that's why she wears, like, a bunch of turtlenecks and, like, scarves and stuff? Um, and, like, she's, you know, very modest. She wears, like, lots of long sleeves and leggings and stuff. She has skin cancer, so she's, like, kind of self-conscious about her skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and that's just pr- overprotective, which we appreciate. We appreciate, and guess what? It's made her style signature, and that's mm-hmm. what we love about her. Um, but... So, it's kind of a big hullabaloo because Diane has been taking care of not only their father for 20 years, right? But Ruth Wakefield, who's Marvin's sister, and Lee and Bessie's aunt, who had severe back pain, right? But now has, like, some sort of electroshock therapy that occasionally, like, makes the garage door rise when she, like, presses the button. I think it's very 90s technology because I don't know anyone who wears, like, shock collars <laughs> up their back now. But that's her, and she was, like, obsessed with the soap opera, mm-hmm. and she's just, like, super nice, right? Right. Like, she's, like, literally so sweet, and she has like, kind of a high pitch she, she always, she's, she, like, she, oh, she always forgets to take care of, um, her brother. Her brother, and she's, like, and, I don't know, I, And then uh, Diane's, like, ah, oh, she's, she's like, done it again. Oh, but Diane's, like, rude. she's fine. No, she's Diane so Diane loves nice. her. Yeah, and we love her. Yeah. I really, I liked her character. Yeah. She's so sweet. We'll talk about a scene later, but she kind of befriends the younger, mm-hmm. um, son of Meryl's, and I think they have a really cute relationship. But basically, Diane calls up Meryl, or, you know, Bessie calls up Lee for the first time in 20 years, and says what? Says, you need to get tested to see if you can donate a, um... She doesn't say it like that. Right. No, she doesn't. But, basically. Yeah. Bone marrow, right? Bone marrow. Out of the... I don't know where it's from. The hip? Don't you think? Well, she needed to get the big needle. Yeah, but that was Diane. Not necessarily Not necessarily, yeah. But anyways, so she asks her sister to please get tested and to ask her sons if they will get tested to be a bone marrow donor, which would basically save her life. If not, Robert says in um, very vague terms, basically. They'll die. Pretty quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Which is really sad. So... Meryl Streep decides to go to the um, institution where Leonardo DiCaprio, her son, is staying, mm-hmm. and she asks if he can have, like, a week off from the medical institution and drive down to Florida, where mm-hmm. they live. They live yeah. in Florida. <laughs> and um, get tested and that kind of stuff. And that's kind of the impetus for the film, right? So 
there's this tension throughout the entire film between Diane and Meryl because Meryl left her sister to take care of these people and Diane's like never really had a life of her own I feel like you know what I mean like she never got married she never has kids she kind of just stays at home but she's like happy right right and Meryl's kind of like I just feel like she had like a not great situation with the her son's father and she's like finally ready to restart her life and she just does not want to get caught up in this again I feel like which is I would say selfish like I don't think Meryl is necessarily the most likable character right she's not like I think I don't know like Postcards from the Edge, Heartburn, obviously not Rendition. Like, she's straight up evil in Rendition. Right. But even Into the Woods, to a certain extent, like, right. you root for her character. Yeah. She's, like, a very likable, I think, actress. And when she she plays usually very likable characters. Mm-hmm. Even, like, Miranda Priestly, like, you kind of like her. Like, she just has this, like, charisma mm-hmm. about her. Mm-hmm. And she does in this movie, too. But for the most part, I actually found myself rooting for Diane. Yeah. Because it just felt like Diane was kind of screwed over by her sister right. i'll be honest you know abandoned by her so i i guess there's not a ton to like talk about because it's a it's a lot about like dialogue conversations right but basically um so the big thing with leo is is he gonna donate his bone yeah. marrow or not and he's like i don't they don't like say his diagnosis but he like does stuff for attention like he he's right. impulsive he acts out for attention so mm-hmm. there's a few times where he like like, he takes Diane's car for a joyride or right. something. Mm-hmm. He does this kind of, you know, irrational, impulsive stuff. Um, and Meryl, like, obviously is, like, very tired of him and is like, Diane, I'm sorry, like, I will make him, I will make him donate. Right. Like, well, I will get tested. Well, Mer- Meryl has really, like, tough love. For which sure. Is, which literally, definitely for needs... sure, because he literally set her house on fire. That's right. what I have to like, remember. I'd be, on. like, really, really angry. Yeah, like, there are some scenes where you, like, cuts to Diane, and she's like, ooh, a little harsh, don't you think? Yeah. But I'm like, okay, maybe on the younger son, who, like, hasn't done anything wrong, Mm -hmm. she's kind of harsh. But, honestly, Leo, he's really mean to her. Like, he he makes fun of her all the time, and he's not nice to her. And And Meryl um, does a very good job in her cosmetology school. She did really good. She graduated top of her class. Yeah, did she say that? I think so. Well, we could Well, we could tell from her studying skills. Yes. So, um... (laughs) Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, Diane is kind of, like, yeah, she says that, like, don't be so rough on him, but, yeah. um. So, she and Leo, or Hank, um, kind of, like, get close throughout right. this week, right? Like, they talk about their fa- his mm-hmm. father, and, um, they, I don't know, like, they, she, she seems to really care about him, and mm-hmm. he likes fixing cars, and she's like, here, take some tools, and. He's like, don't you want something from me? And she's like, no, you don't have to get tested if you don't want to, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, I think he's just kind of not used to, to this. People like being nice to him. Yeah, but um, so yeah, Diane and Leo become close, and Leo does actually end up finally deciding to get tested, right? Yep. And so like does his younger minute. brother, like super last minute, right? Because he's like, you actually don't want anything from me. She's like, no, I love you no matter what. And he's like, okay, um, so. It seems like he, like, over the week does kind of come to terms with himself and, mm-hmm. like, being independent. And there is kind of a big revelation because, obviously, he really idolizes his father, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this scene where um, they go to Disney World in Florida. Yeah. Okay, I always get them confused, you know? Um, but Disney World in Florida and Meryl's just really exasperated with Leo, right? Like, she's right. just, like, 
<sighs> this kid, and like... And also, like, Disney World's not going to be the best place for someone who's, like, dying. Right, well, yeah, Diane's not doing well. She's, like, collapses later, right? <laughs> yeah, and but anyways... Goofy comes out. Yeah, and then Goofy comes out. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Goofy just enters, like, Goofy the enters shot. Goofy enters the frame, and he and says, like, Are you okay? <laughs> Queen, a king of staying in character while Diane King collapses. <laughs> he goes, raw, raw, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. He's just Scooby Doo there. Mm, that's pretty good. Mm, okay. Let's hear your goofy impression. No, it's fine. Huh, he forfeited. Anyway, so then they're like in a toy shop, right? Yeah. And Meryl's like, I don't know why you idolized your father because, and it's revealed, mm-hmm. he hit. When he was young, mm-hmm. like a lot, and Meryl found out about it, and that's why she left him. Did Meryl say that he hit her too? Yeah. Yeah. So. Not a good dad, not a good husband. No. But then Hank was like, well, no, he didn't. Yeah. And Meryl was like, yes, he did. He's like, you might, you I might not have like, been. Oh, yes, he did. That's why she said it. <laughs> He's like, you might not have been old enough to remember, but he did, and like, that's why mm-hmm. I had to leave, right? And then Goofy comes out and has to save Diane Keaton. Diane, like, she's coughing blood. Yeah, she's coughing blood. She has fainting, and she has to end up shaving her head and wearing a wig. Which is a really iconic scene. Which is a really iconic scene. A makeover scene. A makeover scene where it's, you know, Meryl and Diane have still been kind of at odds throughout this entire trip. Even though Meryl's like, obviously you're my sister, and, like, I'm if I can save your life, I will, right? Of course. So... Um, there's a scene where Diane's wig, which looks perfectly fine to me at the beginning. Right. But Meryl's like... Meryl's like, you know I can fix that for you. She goes, you know I can fix that like, for you. She's like, it's not bad, but... She's like, it's not bad, how can you better? She's yeah. can you better. And... chewing gum? Yeah, I think she chews gum a lot in this movie. <laughs> or at least my vision of her in this movie does. And she, like, quote-unquote, fixes Diane wigs quick for it, which is actually a very touching scene because they talk about like their childhood, and Diane talks about when her true love, right, when they right. were young, died in like this horrific drowning accident, yeah. and she never told Meryl about it because she was like, oh, like, I, no one knew I was dating this like he was kind of like lower class or something, yeah. right, and no one knew I was dating him, and Meryl's like, why did you never tell me that? Like I was never there for you, and she's like, that's fine, you know. Diane's actually very sweet in this movie. She's very accommodating, I feel like, of everyone. Um, but then Diane's new wig look comes out, and it's pretty bad. It's, it's just rough. Like You guys will have to look it up. Look yeah. at Diane Keaton wig. fixed. Marvin's, Marvin's room. room. After Meryl Streep okay. styles it. After she got her cosmetology degree. And then it'll come up. And it's, it's just very 90s, I feel like. Like, it probably looked good and, at the time. But, and Diane was really feeling herself, too. Diane she was like, said, ooh. Mm. <laughs> she said, oh, Lee. Oh, Lee. Oh, oh, Lee. Oh, it looks oh, Lee. That's why I'm she was really, really happy. She was really so, happy. Which is a happy, sweet, a very true. It was a very sweet moment, I think, for the both of them. And they kind of, you know, reconcile. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Hank and Diane get closer and... Um, Gwen Vernon's character gets, she, like, loves this soap opera, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this episode where actually a soap opera, like, character played by Kelly Ripa, (laughs) like, in, like, literally a frame of this movie, um, 
they're like getting married like it's a big thing and like the younger son like helps her put on makeup and it's like really bad but she's like oh i feel so silly for getting all excited for a wedding but these are like sub characters of their life her life and she's so she's like so nice um and there's like there's a little bit of tension earlier when Meryl wants to put their father, who we should make clear, like, he, he has a room in Diane's house, mm-hmm. which is, like, why it's called Marvin Drew, I guess. Right. But it's not really about I him. I think it's, like, the end. For sure. But he is, like, basically, in, in, he can't speak, he can't right? Speak He's incapacitated. he can't move. He can't move. He's confined to a bed. He can, like, understand sometimes, it seems like, when people well, talk yeah. to he, him. He can understand what people yeah, are saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's, he's, like kind of just been like this for a long time i guess and so he's like very close with diane but he gets a little like freaked out when like leo and his younger brother come in Mm -hmm. but meryl's like with the prospect basically the choice meryl has to make is like what are we doing what do i have to care for these people right Right. to stay here because again you have to see where meryl's coming from which is she's like i just got i'm just starting to turn my life around and i don't want to stay stuck here with this dad who i've barely known the last 20 years so she i once seen she's like packing up her bags yeah she's about to leave she's like i can't deal with this anymore yeah but then leo walks in on her he's like what are you doing yeah and she's like uh yeah nothing (laughs) so i guess we should make it clear the test results come back for Mm -hmm. diane and none of them are matches and so it's like pretty much a death sentence right and she's getting worse the whole goofy thing and um So, there is a very small sequence, which they talk about... Actually, this is kind of before she gets really sick, but Diane and Meryl go to visit a um, nursing home owned or managed by Cynthia Nixon of Sex and the City fame, who's in this movie for a scene, as the the retirement home director. That's her character's name. And um, she's like, oh, it's beautiful here, and oh, we have physical therapists, and um, massages and Meryl's like this is great can I take something home and Diane's like no absolutely not like I'd never put our father in a home right mm-hmm. so that's more tension but towards the end of the movie after Diane gets her negative results yeah. back and then the, 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 just who drops the pills I think Diane does Diane, cause like, she feel, yeah the, Marvin has like he has to take like seven 30 pills, pills. <laughs> yeah. There's so many pills. Well, the opening shot of the movie, right, is right, just like a sweeping pills. shot of all of these pills. Mm-hmm. And then I, that's literally, I thought that Leo was Marvin. I was like, oh my god, he's really sick. And then it's like their father. But anyways, um, um, so he has to take all these pills, and Meryl's never really helped with right. it. So then, so then Diane, so, clumsy Diane. Well, she's also like arthritic, or, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but she knocks all the pills down. Yeah. I don't know why the caps weren't on, but they weren't. So she was unscrewing them. To yeah, to give them to Marvin. Yeah. They went everywhere, so you have yeah. all these pills on the floor, yeah. mitch, mitch matched. Mitch matched. Mismatched. Mm-hmm. Mitch matched them. Mitch at the pharmacy. He's going to match them. Yeah. You got it. Keep going. You're right. Keep going. And then Meryl picks them up, right? And so she's like, she's. It's like kind of a symbolic moment where she's like. I'm going to help, like, take care of my father. Right. And I'm going to help take care of my sister, so who she, doesn't, yeah, she, presumably she, doesn't she have long She gets out the schedule yeah. for, like, what pills he gets, then he's like, I'm going to do this. So yeah. she puts it together. Yeah. She comes in the room with a tray of pills. And mm-hmm. Diane's, Diane, like, likes to play with, like, light with Marvin. Yeah, because it's something he, like, playing. can react yep. to. It's like a mirror, mm-hmm. and then she, like, 
reflects the sunlight mm-hmm. off of it, yeah. Which we've all done before. Which we've all done before. You can relate. does it all the time. <laughs> it's not stupid. Um, so you basically have the same <laughs> mental capacity of, like, a um, dying 80-year-old. <laughs> that's not true. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Um, but, so the end scene, right, is... Right. Diane laying in bed with her father, doing this. Meryl comes in with the pills. Leo and his younger brother are there. And that's the last scene of the movie, yep. but presumably Meryl's caring for them and makes the decision to stay with her family, which yeah. I'm happy for her. It's really, like, I feel like Diane's character arc is just, like, sad because, like, even though she's happy, it's just, like, ugh. Yeah, it was kind of a sad ending. Yeah, like, like, she's not doing well. No. She doesn't have long to live, and it's just, like, she, her whole life has just been helping other people. I know, she deserves to do something for herself. For sure, for sure. But also, like, I'm glad Meryl stayed and helped her. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty and much... And Leo, Leo's probably going to rebuild his life. Leo, it seems like, is, like, he's on like, the up and he's up. He's like, yeah. He's yeah, like, like he's, he's like, doing better. He seems like he's maturing I, th- I never understood why, if Meryl just graduated from cosmetology school, why couldn't she be a cosmetologist in, um... Florida. No, she could. That's, like, what Diane brings up at some point. She's like, you know, you could open cosmetology business here, or there's salons here, and then I think Meryl's just like, no, like, I want to leave. You know, she, like, wants to be more independent, but... So, yeah, that's the movie, and, yeah, as you can tell, like, it's not... Like, obviously, there are little moments of drama throughout, but for the most part, it's definitely, like, a very realistic look at just, like, what mm-hmm. people's lives are like. Mm-hmm. Especially people who, like are caretakers for their parents and, like, older people. I think that's, like, very realistic. Like, I bet a lot of people could relate to this. Um, So, yeah, I liked it. Um, I think the acting, Oscar, you said earlier, like, really makes it stand out. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if there were any other actors in this movie, it would have been, like, okay, like, a very average movie. But the acting... I also think it's, like, a very unique role for Meryl specifically. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess when I think of Meryl, I think of these kind of hoity-toity, I guess. Mm-hmm. accented people, mm-hmm. you know, Margaret Thatcher, even though she came from, like, working class, ended up being, you know. Right. And then, like, obviously Miranda Priestly, And even and then, though, like, Mamma Mia, like, Donna isn't hoity-toity, she has a class about her, I right. think. But she, even, this... Sorry, go ahead. Even in, like, Harper and she was kind of... No, for sure. Like, higher class, New Yorker. The rendition she was. No, for sure. I think she, like, she can play into that. For sure. Um, but in this movie she Mm -hmm. plays like a very like working class tough woman that like you i think like is very realistic you could just meet like in real life Mm -hmm. um and diane's kind of the one playing this like you know it it does seem kind of like not that diane plays like tough characters a lot either i guess but like for meryl i think it's like a new kind of thing than we've seen her Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying she hasn't Mm -hmm. been that in any other movie but um I think that that was very cool to see her kind of tougher and, like, yeah. I love the cosmetology part of it. Like, that was, like, one of my favorite parts, to just imagine Meryl, like, doing your hair. No, she um, had some really, like, like good lines in this. No, she gets, like, like, like one line. quote that. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. But we obviously couldn't because we can't think of any. <laughs> but, um, no, she's, she's, like, very, I think she's great in this. I guess the person that reminds me of the most of what she's seen, I guess, would be Postcards from the Edge. Yeah. Kind of just, like, a little hard-cracking, no-nonsense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, although she's, like, obviously not an actress. But, yeah, I think she's great. I think we should devote some time to Diane. Right. Because we recently saw her in the film Book Club, which we absolutely loved. And we which recommend Diane, Diane, see. yes, Diane did get an Oscar nom for this. Uh, Diane did get the Oscar nom for this. No one else did. But no. Meryl did get the Golden Globe nom for right. this. But, um... 
you know, you know, I think Diane has a little bit of a showier performance in this. Like, she gets those dramatic moments with her dad, and she's dying, and Goofy helps her, and that kind of stuff, so I'll give her this one. Goofy, huh? I just, I just reminded that Goofy's in this movie, and it's really funny to me. But, um, Diane, we saw her in Book Club, and she's absolutely stunning in Book Club. Everyone go see Book Club. Mm -hmm. It's on Amazon Prime, right? And then Palms. Palms. Palms, which came out just last year. And when she plays um, a woman who's also dying. Dying from cancer. <laughs> dying from cancer. And she... Goes to a retirement right. community and starts a cheerleading club. She could have done this in this one. She should have started a cheerleading club in this one. And then we've also Let's been watching her one. IGTV, Diane by Designs, right? Yep. Where she talks about what episode she talks about her hats. Her belts. <laughs> Her architecture, her, archi- her fashion, her fashion, her fashion her, her yeah. <laughs> going through a scrapbook of all the pictures from magazines she's just ripped out, and then saying, "Oh no, this one's very interesting. Oh, now how did the spiders get near her eyes? Oh, it's kind of scary, but you know, I like it. It's weird. It's, it's really, it's really fun. <laughs> it's so funny and fun, and you should definitely go watch it. There's one really of her making happy. the tacos. Yeah, she makes tacos. With, she, <laughs> she takes puts like broccoli. ten hours to grab a fork, right? She puts, like, broccoli, cauliflower, and potatoes in her tacos. And she's like, guys, this, I know this is weird. This is weird. She's like, I'm the guys. best taco maker in California. She really said, in the city of Los Angeles, where she said she's the best taco maker in California. <laughs> Diane Keaton. And then she proceeded to put potatoes, broccoli, and cauliflower she's in just, She's just such a fun person. She's just so funny. And, again, like... Those, after watching those, I'm like, yeah, her views don't have to make sense because she doesn't make sense. There's a video of her donating her clothes yep, to, to, the, the, to the to the homeless situation. <laughs> That's what she said. She, called, she says, I'm donating my clothes to the homeless situation. Just the general homeless situation. Not the homeless people, this homeless situation. She's such a mess, but of course she wears like her full bolero hat and glasses and mask, of course. And then like to the, remember to the like the homeless shelter or whatever she in like heels and like high-waisted pants and like a blazer like she just never stops her personal brand and that's what i love about her i think that she'd be so fun as like a grandma oh for sure like i think she'd just be the funnest like i think meryl would be like a very inspiring grandma and like i think she'd be so kind and and i think it'd also be really overwhelming to have meryl as your grandma because people would always see you but like diane keaton i honestly think it'd be like chill it would be only old people that recognize her. Yeah. Like, we'd be the only people of our generation to be like, Diane Keaton, I feel like. And she'd just be so... I know that she'd show up with old clothes all the time. She'd be like, do you want this? I got this, like, five years ago. I never wear it. And then I'd be like, yes. And I'd never wear it either because it'd be, like, a 16-inch hat. <laughs> but um, I just love her so much. And we've been really getting into her more recent filmography lately. Mm-hmm. So we would definitely recommend that people go out and... I feel like watching Book Club was, like, a revelation for us. We were so into book club. It's just very obviously a movie made for, like, 55-year-old women, and we were so <laughs> into it. Um, but, yeah, that's our, um, our little episode on Marvin's Room. I'd say definitely check it out, Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's on HBO Max, Max or just yeah. HBO. You yeah. Don't, yeah, but whatever. Now, it actually just went on, like, the beginning of August, right? Mm-hmm. Or something. And before it wasn't on, like, any streaming, I don't think. So, if you have that, go check it out. It's a really short movie, great acting, Mm -hmm. and, like, one of the most stunning casts ever, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, Oscar, let's get to the segments. All right, it 
is that time where we have to rank all of the movies we've seen for the podcast. Oscar, mm-hmm. we're on seven movies. Can you hardly believe it? I cannot. Me either. And it's time for you to rank them. All right. Bottom to top. All right. So number seven. Number seven. AI artificial intelligence still. I think it's going to be there for a while. <laughs> um, next is The Iron Lady. Mm-hmm. Then number five, we have Rendition. Mm-hmm. Then number four, mm-hmm. we have Marvin's Room. Mm. Okay. Number three, we have Heartburn. Okay. Number two, we have Postcards from the Edge. Number one, we still have To the Woods. Great. And why did you put it there, Oscar? Um, well, it was I was debating whether or not to put it... Above Harburn. Yeah. But Harburn was just, just a little bit more, like, entertaining to watch. Yeah. Maybe not, it wasn't necessarily better, maybe, but it was... Yeah. They were probably equal, but that was just a little more entertaining. Right. You know, for me. I completely agree. Yeah, it was a much more entertaining film. Um, but... Right. Yeah. Good. Uh, like we said, pr- probably one of... You know, she kind of has a fun role in that one, too. Like, mm-hmm. Harburn. So, right. kind of similar roles for Meryl. Right. Anyways... Um, my ranking is bomb to top, number seven, so sorry to this man, AI artificial intelligence, Mm -hmm. number six, Yaren Lady, number five, Rendition, number four, Oscar, I agree with you, Marvin's Room, number three, Heartburn, number two, Into the Woods, number one, Postcards from the Edge, Mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, same reasoning as you, I feel like... There is actually a pretty wide gap in between Heartburn and Marvin's Room for me. Um, just because I feel like I think about Heartburn, you know, and some of the mm-hmm. scenes and some of her acting in that. And all we think about from this is Diane's wig. And truly goofy is going to stick in my head and Diane's wig and how she kind of looks like E.T. sometimes in that wig. Truthfully. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't see this sticking as much, even though it has like an even more stunning cast. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, but I do think her performance definitely elevates it. So, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, Still Unnamed, um, where we discuss our favorite outfits of Meryl's. Mm-hmm. Oscar, what is your favorite outfit in this So, segment? mine is mm-hmm. the one she wore when they went to Disney World. Okay. So, okay. it's this stunning, it's really summery fit for yeah. this episode in August, when the midst of August, so it's we really... We love a themed episode, Oscar, great. It's really summery fit, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, um, it's all white, mm-hmm. it's like a off-the-shoulder yeah. blouse mm-hmm. that buttons up. It's kind of like a milkmaid blouse mm-hmm. that's popular now, without so, the crop. Right, yeah, so, yeah, if you really, cro- if you crop this, it'd be really, really oh, popular. Oh, you should wear that now, like, tuck yeah. it to jeans. Oh, for sure, she should. Wear. She I should. hope she still has it. I hope she still has it, She too. should wear it. Is she wearing sunglasses in this She's wearing well? sunglasses. Oh, the classic postcards from the Ed book. Um, her wig... In this one, her hair is... I was going to say wig, but wait, is it a wig? I don't think it's a wig. It looks like her she, natural hair to but me. But did she dye it a little bit? It looks a little bit darker than A little bit darker. Color. Okay. Like dark blonde. So in some scenes, she has it up, but yeah. this one, she has it down. Mm-hmm. She has just a little bit of bangs. Mm-hmm. And it's, what, dirty blonde? Yeah, that's Yeah. Cool. And she has white pants. Lin- linen So, pants. really not grunge, like I said before. Yeah. So maybe she's not very grunge. Thank you, Oscar, for admitting your failures. Right. But, yeah, she's really, really summery in this one. That's yeah, why I love it. Yeah, she looks beautiful in this one. 
And it's not in the movie for very long. No. We're talk about her purse. Yeah, she does have a... Granny-like purse. Yes, a little satchel. <laughs> like light brown? Yeah, it's light brown, leather. like leather, yep. Very much like farmer's market. Right. Like seven-year-old woman. But you know what? That's but why I love her. And yeah. she, I think she has some earrings. He's playing the clip right uh, yes. now, ladies and gentlemen. She does have some earrings. A little, really, I think she wears these in a lot of the movies. She has these really tiny yeah. hoop earrings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really and those are kind of cool now, too, so. Yeah. He did not talk about the chain outfit, everybody. Did not talk about the chain. The chain, she, we found out she wears in the conversation with Margot Martindale, the therapist. But, um, she, uh, does not wear the chain in this one. Yeah, um, but I think... I think this is the outfit where she looks more most stunning. I agree. Like this, like she looks stunning. Oscar goes for like, the glamour. You go for right, the glamour. Right, it's the glamour. Cause the chain one's really raw, I would say. Raw. And understated, but this is the most glamorous. Yeah, I agree. Okay, my outfit that I picked um is the outfit that she wears when she first shows up to Diane's house in Florida, and um it's just kind of an important moment because this is the first time they've seen each other in twenty years, and we don't really know how it's gonna go down, right? And they're pretty amicable, really. But it's kind of like, wow, they both look at each other and they're like, you got old, right, Oscar? <laughs> but Meryl looks so good here. And also, I also think this is a fit that you could wear today and it'd be kind of modern. So what she's wearing is an oversized um, striped, we're both colorblind, but to me it looks blue or mm-hmm. and or purple. Um, and white stripes, um, kind of like, yeah, like there's like three stripes across. Oversized, so it goes down like to her like mid-thigh mm-hmm. level. Right. And then, like, just, like, plain black leggings. And even though, like I said, this is a pretty plain outfit, I just think that it kind of... She wears this, like, legging, oversized t-shirt look a lot in this movie. Right. And... Um, she really predicted the future. She literally predicted the future, Because yeah. people wear this all do, the time. Do people, do people wear a lot of leggings in the 80s? I don't think 90s, so. 90s, I mean? I don't think so. I've never seen, like, pictures from no. the 90s that people were in leggings. Maybe yeah. they did. We weren't alive, so let us know. I if you was wore alive the, in the 90s. If, <laughs> clown i was okay. alive for four months of the 90s okay so talk speak for yourself okay well if you were alive in the 90s if you were alive in the 90s please write to us and tell us did it, people wear this is what you should ask this is going to be the subject of your email to us ready oscar did, did people in the, the 90s, 90s wear leggings, leggings? We need to get to the bottom of this. And there's no other research we could have done to find this out. We need no. first-hand accounts. Right. Thank you. Real, raw evidence. Evidence. We need pictures, folks. Anyway, so um, this is my favorite outfit. And I like her purse. I can't really see it from this angle, but I'm just assuming it looks cute. And her and hair is a little bit up hair, in this one. She's half up, half down, which she really likes in this. Right. In this. She, really she has wispy it. bangs, half up, half down. And she, she looks really, so She cute. really likes her wispy bangs in this one. Yeah, she really likes her wispy bangs. And then Diane's wearing literally a robe and her E.T. wig. And it's this a is, bit... This is not her E.T. wig. This is before she, she gets it. kind of her E.T. This is her Anna Wintour wig, I think. That's true. Um, but... I'm like, sorry to compare queens, but if my sister showed up looking this good and I still call her old, I'd be pissed if I was Meryl. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's our favorite outfits. And now it's time for this yes. week in Meryl. Pretty exciting week for Meryl Oscar. It's been a little over a week, we shall say, um, since we recorded our last episode. But it's been a great chunk of time for Meryl because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard Oscar if you heard this. Huh. 
she just got an Emmy, Emmy nomination. What? A 2020 Emmy nomination. The nominations were announced a little over maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think, but Big Little Lies season two like still counts in this run, even though right. it came out it, quite a while ago. It was last June, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So it just barely like made the cut. Right. Like it was just in the cutoff. Um, but I think everyone kind of knew it was coming, right? But everyone knew she was going to get You don't wrong. give Meryl Streep a role in a TV show, which she, like, rarely does TV, right? And right. then, like, not give her an Emmy nomination. And you don't make her scream. Or maybe she did that scream on her own. She probably did. She probably ad-libbed that scream. For sure. Oscar, you have seen part of the, Part of her, her performance. performance. And I have not. Do you think she deserved this Emmy nomination? Is that even a question? <laughs> So, yes. Yes. You thought she was really good. Yes, absolutely. Of her performances, just her performances in the movies, not the movies that we've seen for the podcast, her performances, do you think it's better than, like, what she won an Oscar for? Iron Lady. No. Okay. But it's also... I don't know. I think it it depends on the movie. Right, for sure. The movie around her matters a little bit. But would I say it's like a better performance than this? Yes. Wow. Than okay, Marvin's wow. room. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So great, and she plays a character named Mary Louise, right? Yep. And it was like it was written it's for a her. Role created for her, yeah. and she plays the mother of Alexander Skarsgård in the yes. in the film, and uh, Nicole Kidman's mother-in-law, right? Yes. That's correct. Okay. So, congrats to her. We're so happy for her. Can't wait. Um. We do need to discuss her competition. Her competition is Julia Garner for Ozark, Tandy Newton for Westworld, and Laura Dern for Big Little Lies. Um, And those are all repeat nominations that were nominated last year. Um, Some other people, Helena Bonham Carter in The Crown, Sarah Snook, Succession, Fiona Shaw, Killing Eve, and Samira Wiley, the Handmaid's Tale. So, a little controversy yeah. with both Laura and Meryl right. nominated. Right. But, because some people are thinking that might hurt one of their chances because mm-hmm. they'll split the BLL vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know people also really like Tandy Newton, and they also really like Helena Bonham Carter. How could you So, not? for sure. So, <laughs> Oscar, big what? Helena Bonham Carter fan, I no, just realized. No, no. She's... <laughs> She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's great in everything she does. But um, yeah, I think I'm super interested. Did you know Helena Bonham Carter's like her parents were like aristocrats? No, I didn't. She's from an aristocratic family in like England. I looked up her Wikipedia page yesterday. Guys, I'm finding out how big of a Helena Bonham Carter fan Oscar is live on air. No, yeah, and her her like great great grandfather was in Parliament. Okay, petty ass. Guys, stay tuned for Helen Cast, our new Helena Bonham Carter <laughs> filmography watch. I've seen like we'll three. Doing. What? Uh, Lame is Fight Club. Have you seen Fight Club? No. Okay, well, she's in Fight Club. Um, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland 2, Looking into the Looking Glass. Uh, Those are the four that I've seen, maybe? Ocean's 8. Oh, five. Yeah. Ocean's 8. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, she is in. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and she's the she mom. She is in Charlie and the Chocolate Cause Factory. Because Tim Burton. Because Tim Burton. Now think about right. that one. Anyways, so, um, I don't know if you heard, Oscar, the Emmys this year are going virtual. So they're being yes. held 
presumably over Zoom or something. Muriel gonna show up in her so robe Muriel's, again. Muriel's gonna show up in her robe with her empty bookshelf behind and her, her printer. holding her glasses behind. It's never been used. And her glasses down to the bridge of her nose. <laughs> and she's gonna say, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, really. I want to say thank you to my stunning co-star, Laura. Laura, I have followed your career for many years, and I just think you are absolutely wonderful. And that's just mm-hmm. going to be pretty much... She'll keep it low-key. Wait, are Laura and Marilyn in any movies together? I don't think they are. A Little Women Clown. I mean, yeah, but no, I that's thought... That's clown no, I, behavior. I know, I know, but like any like old, like, oh, like in the 90s or that... Now that I can't answer for you. I don't... I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. But well, maybe, we will but be maybe, tuning maybe, in. Maybe they're like best friends now. I think they're probably best friends now. It would be my guess. Right. I think they get along so well. You know? Right. So the Emmys are September 20th on a Sunday. Guys, let's tune in. Let's support our gal, Meryl. But let's also support Laura and Tandy and Helena and right. all the ladies mm-hmm. in the... I don't think I said what category wait, she, it was. So she, so she didn't... This is the um, Best wait, Supporting so she, Actress Drama. So she didn't get an Emmy nom for Stephen Sondheim's birthday. Is that... No, she did not. Oh. Now, that's what we call a snub. Now, that's a snub. But that wasn't, like, televised. But... No, it was tele... No, it was on YouTube. They can give it to her for YouTube. They can give it for to her for whatever they want. And she should have gotten one for that. We just watched it on a TV, so we thought it was televised. <laughs> if we watch it, if we can, if we have the ability to watch it on our TV, she has the ability to get nominated for an Emmy for an Oscar. <laughs> oh. But this is, this is, she already has three Emmys. She does already have three Emmys, yes. She has um one for Angels in America, which she got like... I don't know, like, early 2000s. And then she got one for, like, this miniseries called Holocaust. Yeah, in 1978. Angels in America was 2004. She got one other lead actress limited series or... So all of her others have been limited series or motion picture made for television. Mm -hmm. um, Which is more up her alley because it's, like, still kind of movies. But this is her first for an actual TV series because, because Big Little Lies, the first season was considered a limited series. Now that they made a second season of it, it's considered mm-hmm. just a drama. Right. Um, so this is her first, like, regular just drama TV show nomination. So she has two wins, and now this is her her second nomination, or fourth nomination, no, I guess. she has three wins. Outstanding narrator? Okay, uh, Oscar thinks that Outstanding Narrator counts as a primetime Emmy, but Google says no, so well, I don't Wikipedia think Wikipedia says yes. So Google and Wikipedia need to duke that out. We'll, we'll stay out of this one. But she mm-hmm. did win an Outstanding Narrator for some Netflix so about, show about World War II yeah. that we will probably have to watch. Oh, God. Um, um, that sounds insufferable. Um, but anyways, guys, let's... Let's tune in to the Zoom call. Let's all log on. Let's spam the chat for Meryl. I don't think you can. (laughs) I think we can. I think we're allowed to. I think we can get the password. I think we can log on. Just shows up our face like right next to Meryl. And she wins and we're like, yes, yes, yes. And then the rest of the show, we like like, log off. We're like, not interested. Okay, Oscar. um, With that, it is time to reveal... Our next episode, and Oscar, we do need to announce that this episode that we are about to do will be um, our final one together, right. in, person. in person. Like, we'll obviously well, be continuing final. the podcast. No, not final, but temporarily, temporary. semi-permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, semi-permanently, we 
I'm going to Des Moines back to college. Mm -hmm. Oscar's going to be staying here. So we'll be doing virtual Zoom, Skype, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so guys, don't worry about the fate of the podcast. It might just sound a little different. It might look a little different. But we'll still be here. But just so you know, the next one will be our last one in person for the for a little bit at right. least. Um, so Oscar, what is the next film we are going to do? It's called She-Devil. It's called She-Devil. And our dad had heard of it. Um, it came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. Same year as... Wait, Post got some... No, that was 91. Oh, I said... Okay. Did I say 89 earlier? Yeah, I think you said 89. You should look that up. Okay, I'll look it up. Because I always get confused if the... Because the... There's a... It's 1990. Split the difference. Okay, but when was the, um... Carrie Fisher's... Memoir written. It was the year before, yeah. So that was, I always get them mixed up. Yeah, I know that's okay. I'm okay. Um, so a year before Postcards from the Edge. Yes, a year before Postcards from the Edge, and she plays a famous romance writer, right? Mm -hmm. Who is kind of the antagonist, and she looks absolutely stunning in this movie. First yes. of all, I cannot wait to talk about her outfits. She's like super rich in her house. Wow. And she seduces the husband of Roseanne Barr. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Roseanne Barr is going to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. But at this time, no one really knew that she was cuckoo kachu And that, you know, she was like a big star. We're not really going to talk about her that much on the podcast, probably. No. We're just going to, you know, she's, she's kind of like a weirdo now. And we'll just leave that to be. But we'll be talking about Meryl. We wanted to do this one because it's pretty much a straight comedy, right, Oscar? Yep. Um, and we have never done a straight comedy on the podcast before. Uh, Postcards from the Edge, Harper, and are considered dramedies, I would say. Mm -hmm. So this is a straight comedy. I'm really excited to see Meryl's comedic timing really jump out. And you can watch it for free on Vudu, or if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can watch it on that. So it's pretty easy to come by. It's a little over an hour and a half, just like Marvin's Room. I think it'll be a fun time. I'm mm -hmm. expecting it to be very 80s, personally, and it looks a little bit, like, problematic in the way that it's, like, Roseanne Barr is, like, this, like... It says on the um, Google overview, quote, dumpy, overweight housewife. <laughs> <laughs> and she's kind of pitted against Meryl, who admittedly looks, like, stunningly beautiful in this movie. So, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to talk about it with you one last time before move out away for a little bit um thanks for listening guys yeah. um this was a fun episode low-key mm -hmm. episode and we will see you next week yep bye, bye. everybody i didn't choose you and you didn't choose me same family